Amen. Man, go ahead, have a seat. Ushers are going to come forward. Uh, if you are looking at that connection card with one million blanks and you already see the basket moving, uh, don't worry. You've got all service to fill it out as you head out today. Once you get outside, you turn right and there will be some really nice people there uh, with a gift for you because you matter to us and you made this place matter to you. So we want to give you uh, a reminder of that in a very nice tasting way. So my name is Ken. I'm the campus pastor here. And today we get to celebrate Easter. Easter is a day of hope. It is a day of new life. It is a day of our old life being our old life and being gone and a new life waiting for us in Jesus. It's always meant that from the very beginning of the church. And we get to celebrate that today. But Easter doesn't just start with Easter. It starts way at the beginning of the world at creation where God looked at the nothing and spoke into existence our world and everything that we see. And on the final day of creation, he created you and me. He created men and women or a man and a woman who are made in his image. And part of being made in God's image means that they have the authority, they have the right to make their own decisions. And part of that, the result of that, was that our first parents and Adam and Eve did what we've done so many times, they chose poorly. God let them choose, they've chose poorly, and as a result of their decisions, brokenness, darkness, separation, sin entered the world and broke the relationship between perfect God and imperfect humans. The reason that Easter is a good day is because Easter is the culmination of God dealing with that separation, dealing with that sinfulness. For a while after that, God created the system where the blood of animals, specifically goats and sheep, can pay for the sins of people like us. But all of that was looking forward and leaning into Jesus coming as God with skin on. Jesus born on Christmas is not just a good person, is not just a good teacher, but he's good news that there's freedom from sin. And what Jesus did that was so special wasn't that he walked around for three years as a, as a personal embodiment of everything that God was. It was what he did on his last day, what we celebrated last Friday on Good Friday. It's that Jesus took on the separation between perfect God and imperfect humanity. What he did, well, we, you saw it on our way in, is there's a big cross there. That cross is the representation of all of our shortcomings, of all of our darkness, of all of our brokenness being paid for solely, completely in the person of Jesus. There was sin that had to be dealt with, and Jesus is the hero of the story, stepped in to take on the sins of the world and to him personally pay the price for everything that we've ever done to mistreat God, to mistreat ourselves, or to mistreat other people. Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the hope of the world, took on the sin of the world so that the world could be made right with the God who sent him, with the God who lives inside of him. One of the people who wrote in the Bible, he explains it this way, he explains it perfectly. He said that God made Jesus, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus. So on Friday, we looked back at the fact that Jesus paid for every single one of our sins completely. It's complete forgiveness for us who ask God to forgive us. It's not like Jesus hung on the cross for some things but not all things. He hung on the cross for all things to pay all penalty for all people who ask for forgiveness. That's what Easter is the beginning of. And Easter culminates on Sunday. It culminates with some amazing things. And what we're going to look at today is four groups of people that Easter is for. Four groups of people that Easter addresses big needs in their life. 
And my prayer today is that you fall into one of these four. The first group of people that Easter is for that we're going to look at today is Easter is for the skeptic. Easter is for the person who is invited here today. Easter is for the person who is at church because it's Easter and you're supposed to go to church on Easter. Or Easter is the person, or Easter is for the person who is here going through the motions, okay? It starts in Luke 24, verse 1. It's a great story about people who are going through the motions and encounter something so much bigger than that. It says this, it says, very early on Sunday morning, this is after Jesus has been dead for three days. The women, these women who were following Jesus and, and they were touched by the things that he did and, and Jesus was everything to them and then he died. And they're thinking, what is gonna happen now? The women went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance so they went in but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay, these women showed up thinking that nothing was going to happen. They showed up because they were supposed to. Their, their friend, the person who they thought was going to change everything, had died a humiliating, public, very, looks like a complete loss of a death. And so what are they there for? They're there to anoint his body. They're there to anoint a dead body. They have no expectation of anything happening. If you feel like that's you here today, you're here because you feel like you're supposed to, but God is something that's far away, and that God that would actually want to get involved in you doesn't exist in your mind. If you're here today, Easter is for you because the women were skeptical in the same situation. They showed up thinking that Jesus was dead. I've got three kids. Uh, their picture's gonna pop up right behind me. If you don't know me and you're wondering if I'm trustworthy or not, I'm a little bit trustworthy because they're smiling and they're all beautifully dressed. I'm also married to an amazing woman who takes really, really good care of our kids. We work together on that one. Uh, but in every teenager, okay, my kids aren't there yet, but in every teenager is this desire to sneak out of the house at night, all right? I don't know why it's there, uh, but I have a new idea. I think that it starts in teens that we're going to sneak out of the house, do it flawlessly, do it silently. It starts in teens so that by the time you're an adult, you have perfected it, all right? You know exactly how to do it. For, for my son, who's there in the middle, uh, he absolutely loves his mom. Okay, she is, the, she is the, the cherry on the top of his life, and I am second parent. Okay, I am parent number two. I'm the default participation award parent. I've got two. Here you go, dad. But it's really all about mom. And so Anna has learned how to sneak out of the house flawlessly. Friday, I'm at home. Uh, she's got some things that she needs to go out and do. So teamwork is in effect. I've got Micah occupied on one area of the house, and Anna silently sneaks out. The door opens silently. She walks out. She closes the door. She starts the car, garage door goes up, car leaves, and uh, Micah, about five minutes later, says, hey, where's mom? Translation, where's the real parent? Uh, and you know, I don't, I don't want to alarm him, I, because when, when he realized she's gone, he usually loses his mind. So I get down on my knee, and I put my hands on his shoulders, and I say, buddy, mom's out running some errands, she's going to be back. And he says, No. She's here. He had, uh, he had gone in the backyard. He had taken an egg carton and put some dirt in it, which in his mind means this is high-quality art right here, and mom needs to see this. And so he takes his little traveling experiment. He's like, she's probably back in her room. So he walks up. Nope, mom's not in her room. Maybe she's in the girl's room. Nope, she's not there. He looks around some more, and he's like, okay, maybe she's in the garage because mom has to be here just like the women in the Bible. Jesus' body has to be there. And I don't follow him because I just kind of want to see what's going to happen, also because I'm lazy and I'm not going to walk all the way around the house. 
But I hear him walk into the garage, and before the door slams behind him, he walks in the garage. The car is gone. It is empty. And he says, what the heck? Because it's the same expression as the ladies. They walk into the tomb. They expect to see dead Jesus. But the thing is, they walk in, and there's no one there. They have no expectations. Nobody expected nobody. They walk in with, uh, with things to anoint his body, with spices to anoint his body. The only problem is, is the body is not there. If you're here today and expecting that the God who created you, who knows you, who wants more of a relationship than you will ever imagine, if he's just going to let you be here and leave without wanting to get in your life, Easter is for you. Because Easter begins with a story of people who have no expectation of anything good. And they are the first witnesses to find out that Jesus is alive and he's not done working in people yet. So Easter is for the skeptic. If that's you here today and you're thinking, what does God want to do with me? God wants to speak you, speak to you. I encourage you, get a Bible. You can get a Bible app that lives on your phone and stays in your pocket and goes through each day with you. As you head out today, you can grab a little lavender piece of paper that has our church's Bible reading program on it. You can get to know the God who loves you, the God who created you, the God who sees your heart, sees your needs as you walk in today, and the God that wants to surprise you by how much he wants to work in your skepticism. God gave you a mind. God gave you that mind on plan and on point, and he wants to work in your mind just like he did for these ladies so they looked for Jesus he's not there and then verse 4 happens the next verse as they stood there puzzled two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground and then the men asked them this is this is the question that has shaped everything for Jesus followers for forever because we don't just follow good advice we don't just follow a great plan for our life we follow a savior who died for our sins and then didn't stay dead The men asked them, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He's not here. He is risen from the dead. Easter is for the skeptic, but Easter is also for the forgiven. It's new life in Jesus that paid the penalty for our sins. It drank the cup of the wrath of God that all of us have contributed to for our whole lives. It drank the cup of the wrath of God to the bottom so that we could be forgiven. Easter is for the forgiven. I mean, in Jesus' time and still in ours, I think that the idea is that God is a good God and he's only for good people. That's a great saying, but it's a horrible practice in life. It's a horrible way to live, and Jesus exposes that. Jesus shows that. In Jesus' day, there were two groups of bad people. There were bad people and there were tax collectors, which is like a special graduate division of horrible people. And one day, Jesus is walking through town and he sees a tax collector. And he walks up to the tax collector and he says, I want you to leave all of this and I want you to follow me. And you're going to find a new way of living. You're going to find forgiveness. You're going to find fresh hope that is new, that changes your yesterday and changes your tomorrow. And so the guy gets up out of his booth and he follows Jesus. And everything changes for him. And so he throws a big party and he invites all of his tax collector friends. And some religious people see what's going on and they're like, this isn't good. Why is a good guy like Jesus hanging around bad people? And so they actually go to the party and they call him out. Like, you can't go in. They're going to make Jesus come out and talk to them. And they ask him, why are you doing this, Jesus? And he says this, he says, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. 
I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Those people have found forgiveness. Those people found power to walk away from their old life, to make their old life their old life. They found in Jesus a previous life that the way that we used to be doesn't have to be the way that we're going to be, but we can have a previous life, become Christians, meet Jesus, and then walk into a new life. And when that Savior, when the offer, when the invitation into new life died publicly, completely, and you got to think a part of them died too. Looking at the Jesus who had meant so much, the Jesus who had turned their regrets into ways for him to show forgiveness, who had, turned, who had given them a past life. And there's got to be a sense, of long, a sense of emptiness, a sense of despair that comes. But three days later, what happens? Easter happens. Their forgiveness, their new life walks out of his own grave who doesn't stay dead but, but is raised to new life by the power of God to show that he is the son of God and lives in authority over all things that Jesus came back to life. And so here now the forgiven have new life. They have new hope. And that's the same for us today. If you walked in here uncomfortable about being in church, considering the things that have happened in your life, that's not God making you feel uncomfortable. Because we worship, we celebrate, we remember, we get excited today about the God who conquered death, who conquered our sin, who brings us into new life today through the power of Jesus. That's Easter. Easter is for the skeptic who thought nothing was going to happen. Easter is for the forgiven who have found a new life in Jesus and an end to their old life. And Easter is for also the rule keeper. Jesus was never against rules. Jesus nailed rules better than anyone else ever has. He was a rule expert, but he came to show us that it's more than just following the rules. It's living under the grace of the person who gave the rules. What that means really is that we live under God's undeserved favor. That we live not getting what we deserve. We live not getting what we deserved. I look at my life. I look at the things that I've done. I look at the ways where God has said, hey, Ken, I want you to do this. And I'm like, nope, we're doing this. And instead of experiencing God's punishment, I experience God's forgiveness. That's undeserved favor. Jesus gets invited to another party. This is a totally different party. This one, he's invited by the, the religious leaders, the people who have everything right in their life. And so there's a bunch of them sitting around. They invite Jesus in. And he's there sitting with them. He's eating. And then the woman walks into the room that nobody expected. There's a sharp inhale <gasps> as everybody realizes who it is. And it's it's a woman who's known as the immoral woman. It's a horrible name to give somebody, but I didn't write it. And so the woman, she walks up to Jesus. Jesus, the forgiver. Jesus, the author of new life. Jesus, who shows that through Easter, even the immoral woman can become the daughter of God. As God personified, as forgiveness personified, as new life personified. And she starts weeping, looking at the difference that Jesus has made in her life. She's taking her tears and she's wiping Jesus' feet. She's breaking a jar of perfume and pouring it over him as a way of saying, thank you so much for what you've done to me, done for me, done in me, done around me, done through me. And so Jesus asks the, the religious guy, he's like, so answer a question for me. If one person owed you five bucks and one person owed you $50,000 and you canceled both debts, who's going to love you more? 
And the guy says, well, of course. It's going to be the person who owes me $50,000. They're really going to respect me at that point. Jesus says, exactly. I haven't come to do away with the rules. I haven't come to make just this woman the hero because she has a bad list of stuff that's been forgiven or make you the hero because you think by your own ability you can live up to God's standard. But to show all people Religious people who need to repent of their religion and sinners who need to repent of their sin, that my grace is sufficient for both of you. My grace is enough to bring both of you into the family. That my grace is enough to overwhelm you and show you that you will never be able to pay for your own sins. I will never be able to pay for my own sins. And I don't need to because Jesus did. And it's done. That's the message of Easter. Easter is there for the skeptic who thought nothing was going to happen. Easter is there for the forgiven who found out that there's a previous life and a future life in Jesus that our old does not have to continue, but a new life has come. And Easter is for the person who thinks they can, but no one actually can pay for their own sins. Easter is there to say that all of us are welcome in God's family. The question is, is will we humble ourselves and say, God, I'm ready for you to come in. I'm ready for you to run the show. I'm ready to for, for you to forgive me of everything that I've ever done. I'm ready to make, for you to make me new. Easter is for the skeptic. It's for the forgiven. It's for the rule keeper. And it's lastly, it's for you and me today. Jesus is calling us, just like he called the skeptics, just like he called those who need forgiveness, just like he called those who tried to measure up on their own. Jesus is calling us into our own Easter. The song that we sung right before the sermon talks about walking out of our grave because this is the day to do that. This is Easter. This is where we celebrate Jesus who became sin to bring us forgiveness but woke up after three days, was raised from the death, raised from the dead by the God who loves him, the God who chose him, and the God who wants to work in us today. And Jesus walked out of his grave. He walked out of the brokenness. He walked out of the darkness that he took on on our behalf. And he walked out in resurrection power and life. And he didn't just do that for him. He did that for you and me today. Easter is for us. Today is the first day of a new series that we're looking at for the next 10 weeks called Live Dead. Because for all of us, God is calling us to live lives based not on what's happened or who we used to be, but live as men and women who have laid down our lives to take on the life that God has for us, knowing that that's going to be a life, that's going to be a future, that's going to be a destiny filled with hope as we say no to our old life and yes to Jesus. And today God is calling us to walk out of our grave. This is Easter. This is the day of dead things coming back to life and walking out. And God did that through Jesus 2,000 years ago and God wants to do that through you and me today Easter is for the skeptic the one who thought nothing is going to happen we're going to go through the motions we're going to do what's good but nothing's going to happen no Easter is for that person because God wants to meet us today in that Easter is for the forgiven who thinks my past life stop right there your past life is changed at the cross you have a new life ahead of you because of Jesus Easter is for the rule keeper because God knows you will never measure up. God knows that you will fall short and his grace gives you undeserved favor. And Easter is there for you and me today as we walk out of our old life and into the life with Jesus. Let's stand and pray. Father God, I thank you that you're alive. I thank you that you're here today. I thank you that Easter is not just a past tense event, but it is something that continues to happen today. 
Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your grace, which gives us better than we deserve. And thank you for the invitation daily into new life with you. If you're here today and you've never made the decision to ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sins from the inside of you, then from the inside of you to the outside of you, I want to give you that chance today. Today is Easter. It's the day where we celebrate God our Savior and God our forgiver. And so if you've never done that today, I want to give you that chance. I'm going to count to three, and when I say three, if today is your day to say yes to Jesus, to find forgiveness for your sins, to find new life, I want you to look at me and raise your hand, and as we close, someone's going to pray with you, and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. So one, God loves you. He doesn't love the best version of you. He loves the now version of you. He always has. He always will, and today he's calling you to follow him. Two, there are things in all of our lives, mine included, where we push ourselves away from God, where we say, I'm doing things my way. That's called sin. And Jesus came into the world to end your separation from God because of sin, to end my separation from God because of sin. Jesus came to end our separation. And three, today's your day to say, I need that, God. I'm ready for a relationship with the Savior today. Is there anyone like that here today where today's your day to meet Jesus? So I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. Someone's gonna come pray with you as we leave. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. Is there anyone like that where today's your day to say yes to Jesus? Okay, I see you. It's the best decision you could ever make. Stay where you are, and at the end of the service, someone's gonna pray and, and lead you to Jesus. You'll find forgiveness today. You'll find new life today. Is there anyone else where today's your day to say yes to Jesus? Just look at me and raise your hand. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna sing another song talking about forgiveness. God forgave us to lead us into new life. And so I want to I want to encourage us, challenge us to confirm with our with our feet what God's doing in our heart that as Jesus walked out of his grave that we're going to walk out of our graves as there're things in our lives that we want to leave here today that we want to stay in here as we walk out into new life. Then I want us to come forward. The front's going to be open. You can sit, you can kneel, you can stand, whatever posture you want. But we're saying, God, I want to walk out of this. I want to walk away from this behavior pattern. I want to walk away from this part of my life. I want to walk into new life with you. I've been forgiven by you. And I want to start that new life. And in Jesus' name, amen.